Welcome to the ISA Podcast, where we tackle important issues in public education and highlight the tremendous work being done in school districts around our state. Our topic this week is about an exciting new initiative in School District U46 in Elgin about educational pathways. My guest is Lela Mysorovich, Assistant Superintendent for Secondary Schools. Uh, Lela, can you share a little bit about yourself and your school district? Yes, definitely. So um, thank you for introducing me. Um, I've been in U46 for about two years now, and U46 obviously is in the Elgin area. Our district includes 11 communities, and we span over 90 square miles. And currently, I serve and support our secondary schools, which includes our eight middle schools. We have five comprehensive high schools, two alternative schools, and then I also serve and support the work that we're doing around implementing and designing educational pathways and then our post-secondary strategy as well. U46 is the second largest school district in Illinois, and we serve more than 38,000 students pre-K through 12th grade. How did the idea to develop an educational pathway program come about? So as a school district, we've always had pathways aligned to career and technical education, and that's been around for quite a while. Uh, We've also had a school within a school model that we now call our Magnet Academies, and that's been in place for over 20 years. And these academies are theme-based academies housed in each of our five high schools. Um, Every high school has a different theme. Um, They accept students from throughout the district, and they provide a learning progression throughout high school that is centered around a certain theme and includes different experiences for students throughout the four years while they're in high school. And a couple of years ago, our CEO student advisor to the Board of Education hosted an annual student summit. And during that summit, students discussed topics around how their learning is being supported. And our students who were current students in the academies at that time voiced the support and the connectedness that they felt as being part of that smaller learning community. And so this was one of the reasons why we wanted to begin this transition. Uh, We want every single U46 student to be a part of a smaller learning community throughout their experience here. We really want students to feel as though they are a part of something uh, bigger and to make things more relevant for them. And so educational pathways uh, also provide students with a clear pathway through high school lined with more rigorous courses, opportunities for career exploration, and increased uh, support to better prepare them for college and career. And that's what we wanted for all of our students, and that's why we're doing the work we're doing today. Yeah, I was reading a quote from you in a news release about this initiative uh, where you said, The end goal is not simply graduating from high school. The end goal is for our students to graduate with a plan and multiple options for the next step in their journey. You know, did that quote, did it sort of, that style of thinking require a mind shift for your district? You know, it did a little bit, but we're really lucky here in U46 that we have very, very knowledgeable teachers, leaders, and community members, and we know that there are multiple opportunities for students to demonstrate their understanding. And so that being said, We are very intentional in ensuring that as a part of their learning, our students also get to explore opportunities for their future. And so I wouldn't say it's a mindset shift, but I would say that it is a heavy lift in the way we think about instruction and how we are intentional about making connections between the classroom and the real world. And the experiences that we give to our students have to challenge them both academically, but also be relevant to them so that they can actually see themselves taking on these different roles and and engaging in, in these Um, experiences for their future. So we have an amazing team here that is dedicated to making this happen for our kids and for our communities. And 
while it's not necessarily a mindset shift, we all believe in the work and value the work. It is it is a lot of work to kind of rethink how we're doing high school in our district. And that's very exciting for us. Oh, yeah. Let's just kind of get into the nuts and bolts of uh, how does the educational pathway program work? So educational pathways are an intentionally uh, sequenced progression of courses for students. And what we're doing here in U46 is as students um, matriculate through grade levels, we're starting this work in the middle school grades. And throughout middle school, students will have an opportunity to explore various uh, career and post-secondary options starting in seventh grade. And so recently our school district added back counselors to our middle schools, which we hadn't had in a number of years. Um, thanks to evidence-based funding, we we're able to do, uh, do that. And so as a part of that, we've worked with our counselors to develop very intentional experiences for kids throughout middle school. Um, in seventh grade and then also in eighth grade. And one of those experiences is our Explore. And that Explore event, students get to interact with over a hundred different industry partners that represent 16 nationally recognized career clusters and start to really engage with professionals uh, in, in these different uh, career fields about the work they do and making those connections to those careers, but also to what they're learning in middle school. And as a result of that, students start to uh, make, make their four-year plans and draft their four-year plans. Um, what we're going to be doing in the next coming years is as students matriculate from eighth to ninth grade, we know that that transition is very important and it's important for us to get it right so that students can feel that like when they're leaving middle school, going into high school, that they are set up for success. So we have a lot of work that's happening around that as well. Um, once students get into ninth grade, they'll be part of a cohort of students um, known as a freshman academy. And so th that cohort of students will have a similar team of teachers teaching teaching them throughout the day so that the teachers can collaborate around how to best support the smaller group of students, but the students can also be able to reach out to the same teachers and have that smaller learning community and feel that connectedness. Then in ninth grade, uh, during that year, students choose which pathway they want to go into. And so the way the pathway works is they take an introductory course their sophomore year and then into their junior year and senior year, uh, they take some more uh, in-depth coursework in that uh, career field or content area. Um, in addition to that, students would also have the opportunity throughout their learning in the pathway in that progression to gain what we're trying, what we're starting to call early college and career credits. And those include uh, several different things. It could be uh, an AP course, it could be an IB course, it could be a dual credit course when our, with a partnership with a post-secondary partner. Um, it could also even be earning something like the seal of bioliteracy. And then especially um, within the, some of our pathways is earning a nationally recognized career credential. And so through that course progression, students have those learning experiences, they get opportunities to earn those early college and career credentials, and they can graduate better positioned for their post-secondary um, journeys. How do you decide uh, which pathways to pick? There's uh, 24 of them. How did you decide on those? That's a great question. We have several uh, committees that are working on this initiative, and we have a team of administrators, principals, teachers, and staff that serve on the Educational Pathways Committee. Uh, we evaluated potential pathways, so we went and we mapped out what certain course progressions would, would be like if we had, for example, 
a culinary pathway or a law pathway? And what would be the courses uh, that would that would be taken in 10th grade and 11th grade and in 12th grade in order for students to be able to have those experiences that are relevant to that career field, but also be able to earn those early college and career credentials. And then what we did is we looked at the labor market. So we don't wanna have pathways that are dead end pathways for students. We want the pathway to actually better position kids for success after they graduate. So we looked at the labor market and we took a look at both five-year and 10-year labor projections, both regionally and also nationally. And we looked at um, how, how those pathways uh, were supporting student success after um, high school. And then we also took a look at the facilities that we currently have. So when we looked at you know, what facilities we currently have in our schools, what that capital building would look like or renovation would look like for building a pathway. Um, and we took all of that information, we developed a rubric and we assessed it aligned to that rubric on which pathways we felt like within the next uh, two to three years we can, we can actually write and implement. Um, and then we also took a look at how can we provide access to these pathways for all of our students, regardless of their background, regardless of which programming they're in, whether they're in dual language or whether they're an English learner or whether they are have an individualized education program. We wanted these pathways to be accessible for every single student in 46. This is such a large, large initiative. Uh, what has been the timeline from when you started thinking about doing this to when students will sort of enter a new college and career academy? So the initial work with educational pathways began in 2017. And the first class of students that will actually enter these college and career academies and educational pathways are our current seventh graders this year. So they will enter the high school with educational pathways in the 2021-2022 school year as freshmen, and they will be in those freshman academies. Do you guys have to hire additional teachers, maybe like vocational teachers to fulfill the educational pathway initiative? Yes. So part of what we have promised to our community is because we want students to have many opportunities for success and many opportunities for exploration. In addition to the pathways, we know that that's going to take up room in their schedule. And so in Right now, we currently allow students to take six courses and then a study hall. And so what we're going to be doing is allowing students to take seven courses in their eight period day. So the seven courses on a lunch, uh, but then they'll have that opportunity to continue with pathways, but also be able to meet all the graduation requirements that we have in U46. And with that, with with that, we will need to hire additional teachers to be able to teach our students. So, yes. And then we're also preparing um, professional development for our current teachers and staff that will prepare them as we roll out new Pathways curriculum. At, at ISA, we've been uh, profiling how EBF has been making a difference uh, for school districts across the state, including we did one uh, on U46. Uh, some of the stuff you talked about, adding teachers and some initiative, it sounds like, I don't know if you guys would have been able to do this if there wasn't a change in the uh, to the evidence-based funding formula. Yeah, absolutely. So developing pathways requires some additional supports to be in place at schools, such as additional counselors and teachers, or even the sp specialized facilities that I uh, touched on before. So um, as we reviewed the evidence-based funding model, we know that we're still far away from adequacy here in U46, but as we receive additional resources, we're better able to commit them in ways that we know has been evidence to improve student outcomes. And that aligns closely with the work that we're doing to develop educational pathways. So evidence-based funding 
definitely enables our district to offer a more robust pathways program that offers equitable access for all students. Do you have any advice for superintendents wishing uh, to start a pathway program in their district? I think there's lo- there's a lot of information around pathways available, especially here in Illinois. Uh, districts can start by researching the work that is hap- happening throughout Illinois with the P20 network and ed systems out of Northern Illinois universities. Um, their publications and thought partnership has been very helpful for us in understanding the nuts and bolts about the pathway model, but also about the legislation that supports the implementation of pathways in schools. I think there, you know, there's so many districts in Illinois that are doing this work and reaching out to talk to those districts and network with other leaders who are embracing this work is another avenue I would encourage anyone who is thinking about this to pursue. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the IASA podcast. And if anybody uh, is wants to learn more about what's going on in U46, we will be, be profiling uh, the Educational Pathways initiative in Leadership Matters this month. Thank you so much for the opportunity.